Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mommy Faceted Podcast, a podcast for moms of color who are juggling career, motherhood, and just real life. And I'm your host, Rachel Pierre. Now, this episode is brought to you by the Mommy Collective. The Mommy Collective is a new online community by the Mommy Faceted where we are going to be launching a group of monthly speakers. We'll have resources, additional topics that don't make it to the podcast, um, and some other kind of fun things that we're going to do together. So if you want some more information on that, head over to mommyfaceted.com slash membership. And there you can get some more details on what all is included in the Mommy Collective. We're going to be launching in January of 2020. So I really hope that you will join us. Again, that's mommyfaceted.com slash membership. So today on the podcast, I have Melanie Oates, and we are talking about something that hasn't necessarily made it on the podcast yet, and it's a really uh, big topic that I know many of you are dealing with in some shape or form, and that is children who may have special needs, need additional services, need additional resources, and we really talk about how she was able to find out what all was offered to her, what was available to her in those beginning days, and how she helps and gives back now by sharing those resources with other moms. So she talked about how she was trying to do everything by herself, all you know, at at first, trying to take care of her twins, trying to be the perfect, you know, wife and mother and uh, employee and realized that it was just going to be too much. And so she made a few changes in her life uh, and some were unexpected as her children's diagnoses came to her. Um, Some were kind of planned and she was able to embark on this journey where she now has all of the resources available to her because of the steps that she took. Uh, She gives a lot of advice on things that anyone can do to proactively find the resources that they need for their children. And, you know, whether your child has special needs or not, we all know that our children may need attention in certain areas. Um, And there's just a lot of things out there that we may not even know about. So she gives a great way to find out about those things. And then she started a nonprofit to help others who may not have these resources readily available or even know where to start. So if you want to find more about Melanie and all the things that she has offered, all of her information, head over to mommyfaceted.com for today's show notes. And there you will get a uh, get a chance to find the links to get in touch with Melanie. And I would absolutely love it if you would share this episode with one friend, maybe someone who is in a similar situation or who is interested in these type of topics. Uh, Just share the link for today's show notes with them or just share mommyfaceted.com with them in a text message, in your Instagram DMs, if you want to share it on your Instagram stories. Sharing it with one friend would really help grow the podcast a lot. If all of you did that, I would absolutely appreciate it. All right, now let's get into the interview. Hello, Melanie. How are you? And welcome to Mommy Faceted Podcast. I'm good, Rachel. Thanks for having me. Yes, I'm excited to talk to you about a topic that uh, we haven't addressed on the podcast uh, so far. And so I'm glad that you reached out and are able to share a little bit about your experience. Um, But first, to get started, I'd love to know, kind of going back, did you always know that you wanted to be a mom? Uh, Were you nervous or concerned at all? Or were you just excited about being a mom? What were those beginning days like for you? I, I I was excited. I was excited. I'm the baby of my family. So 
I never really had any little person around me. I was mm-hmm. a little person growing mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. So as a child, I always wanted to be able to, you know, see what it's like. And, and going into the mommyhood journey, I was excited about it, excited about the pregnancy and all that stuff. So, yeah. Uh, you know, kind of as you were entering into motherhood, your first couple um, you know, first couple of months, was it what you thought it would be? Uh, were you kind of, you know, challenged by anything specifically? Or I know we're going to get into um, some of the specific needs that your children have, but just as far as motherhood goes, was it kind of what you were expecting or different? Um, it actually was, believe it or not, easier than what I thought. I kind of rolled into it. I thought I would, um, it would be more, you know, chaotic and, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm doing. But when people say mommy instinct and things just happen and flow naturally, that really happened Um, as far as the motherhood journey. Of course, when I learned about the reality of my motherhood, that's when everything sunk in. But in the beginning months, it was it was pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And so you have twins, which I know is was probably really exciting just to, um, you know, be able to have that twin experience and have, you know, both your children. you know, something that's kind of unexpected uh, to have the twins there. So that is definitely exciting. Um, So your twins have different special needs. Um, So I'd love to kind of maybe if you could tell us about your experience learning about um, them needing additional assistance or, you know, their diagnoses, any kind of, um, you know, whatever you want to share about your experience when you first found out about your children. Absolutely. So um, going back to the pregnancy time, I opted to not have an amniocentesis. So um, my daughter has a genetic disorder. During the pregnancy, we knew that she was growing behind um, her twin brother, but that was about it. Didn't know, you know, Mm -hmm. what was really going on. Mm -hmm. So fast forward um, with her twin brother, starting to do hit milestones, rolling over, you know, sitting up, holding his bottle, all those things he was doing, she was not. So um, my daughter was diagnosed when she was 11 months old. And that's when we found out that she had a very rare genetic disorder. And her twin brother was diagnosed when he was two and a half with autism, which is, you know, more commonly known. Wow. So um, I'm sure you all were probably surprised. And um, what, 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 I guess, what were your, how could you even describe your feeling at that time, um, learning about her diagnosis and then later your son's? Uh, with my daughter, I was surprised and pretty much shocked, um, relieved at the same time because we had an answer as to mm-hmm. why she was so delayed. But the 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 surprise and, and being shocked and, oh, my gosh, why me? That's when it really sunk in because we found out that her condition is lifelong. And being a first-time mom, you know, everybody has the joy and excitement um, about raising a kid. You have a little daughter. You want to be able to have mommy-daughter time. Mm-hmm. And knowing and, and understanding that that wouldn't really be my my story. Um, I still have the mommy-daughter time, but it's different. It's not your typical, let's go get our nails done or go shopping type of thing. So just thinking about that, and I have a tendency of thinking in the future. Um, So all those type of scenarios, you know, rolled in my head when I first found out about it. And 
it took me a while to accept it, but um, I, I'm I'm on the other side of it now and and enjoy it now. Good, yeah, that, that's really nice to hear, and I'm sure others who may be in a similar boat will be um, encouraged by that. Um, so I would love to know you've got you know you like you said you finally kind of have an answer to what the what you know what's going on, and obviously you know you're going to have a long road ahead at this point. But what about the rest of, you know, the other parts of your life. Um, you do work, I know you work in IT. And so, you know, you have the demands of your job, you, um, you know, you may have other family that you've got to, you know, take care of or want to spend time with, you've got Melanie time that you need to fit in there at some point. Um, so, you know, as we, when you were kind of first figuring all these things out, how is the rest of your life playing into what was going on with it with your children? Oh, it was it was a very um, trying time, trying to juggle it all. I'm the type of person that always wants to be able to, to know and, and figure out everything on my own. My journey as a mom really hit me hard and reminded me, look, you cannot do it all by yourself. Mm-hmm. So before my kids, I was working. I was um, starting to move up. Um, in my in my job, and then I had my kids. I tried to go back to work. I didn't even make it three A's. I just told my boss, "Look, I cannot do this." And this was before my daughter's um, diagnosis was known. So okay. even mm-hmm. then, I, I I realized, "Look, I gotta I gotta take a step back." At that time, I was married, so luckily I was able to become a um, stay-at-home mom. So I was able to do that, and then. Just balancing the the Melanie part, that really helped me being home because when it was nap time, I could go out and get some fresh air, go on a walk. I lived in Florida at the time as well, so I had the beach. I had a lot of things around me to help really center myself um, in the midst of me realizing what my motherhood journey was going to be like. Um, And fast forward, unfortunately, the marriage dissolved with my kid's dad, um, and I have them now full time. So I've now moved on to the single motherhood life and balanced the career um, with my kids, but understanding what resources, again, are available because remembering I cannot do it by myself, but there's a lot of resources available to families that are like myself. And I had to really search and find what was there, and now I have that. So now it's it's very very balanced now. Yeah. So I'm hearing you had a lot of, you know, big transitions with, you know, trying to figure out, you know, medically what to do for your children to, uh, you know, becoming a stay-at-home mom and then, um, you know, your marriage kind of change, your marriage status kind of changing. Um, how how are you able to kind of manage all of those things that were going on and kind of, I guess, um, just, you know, accept the transition that you would have to go to go through so you know what mentally did you have to do or what work did you have to do um, internally to be able to get to a place where you are right now where you know you're able to take care of both your children you said you're enjoying you know all the aspects of motherhood you know what did it take for you to get to that point um one the acceptance of my situation that was the first part once I accepted it and realized that, all right, I'm still not good mentally, that's when I knew I needed to go and actually go through therapy. So um, some people, you know, they some consider that taboo, but um, I am a huge advocate for therapy. And as soon as I realized that 
my life was changing drastically, especially after my divorce. I knew I had to take care of my mental state, and therapy was a huge help because it helped me balance myself, and I know that that's the first thing because my kids rely on me now. So therapy was a huge piece and a huge component to get me to where I am now, and I still go. I still go, um, you know, for different check-ins if I feel like, you know, I just need to talk to somebody, and having an unbiased person talk to me and know me for who I am, not, you know, Melanie, the sister, Melanie, the daughter, it's Melanie, the Melanie, you know? So having that therapy and having those conversations with a professional um, who can see my situation from their viewpoint and help me get through what I need to get through that really helped. Yeah. I appreciate your honesty. I think, um, you know, we see a lot of either memes or quotes online that are, you know, positive and encouraging, but, you know, that's not really enough when you're dealing with real life situations. So, um, you know, I really appreciate you sharing that. Um, and I was going to ask about, um, I guess, shifting into currently what you are faced with now. So you are a single mom of the twins and your daughter, you know, requires different assistance um, that, you know, goes above and beyond a, um, you know, a child who's just able to kind of go to school and kind of do their thing um, now that they're a little bit older. What are some of the things that you look to or that you use to manage and balance um, you know, motherhood, taking care of the medical needs of your children, um, going to work, you know, still doing all of these things uh, now that even though they're a little bit older, what are some of the current things that you're able to use or look to uh, to kind of help you with all of that? Oh, yes, definitely. So we now have a nurse who is in our home. Um, it's actually more than one nurse, but the way that we got that was through me one finding other moms who have who are in my shoes so different support groups even um you know a lot of social media platforms have all these groups um but if you're in a community where you just see different ideas or what other parents are doing um that can help and that's what i did i was able to um really talk to other moms one because i started sharing my story and other moms who weren't as comfortable sharing. They saw what I was doing and reached out to me telling me, hey, we have this in our home. We have this placement in our home. Have you considered that? Mm -hmm. And with me actually sharing my story and not, and not you know, sitting behind the door and, and, and just wondering what am I going to do, um, it's, it was an outlet for me. And me speaking about it really helped boost the resources and support that I have now. So um, having the nurses in our home, um, we have a lot of different therapies that my daughter goes to, and even when it comes to insurance, um, navigating through that, both the private insurance world and, and state insurance, there's a lot of pieces that tie into having the best care possible for a child like what I have, um, and you really just have to not be afraid to, to talk about your, your story or share it. That's what helped me. And I was able to find out what resources are available to my to my family. Yeah, to I was gonna, 
I was going to ask you about how did you find out about the different things that were available. So, you know, I'm glad that you meant you brought that up um, about, you know, using your own story to kind of draw that to you so that you can kind of see what's out there. Um, so I guess, where did you even get started? Did you just talk to family and friends or did you search a specific thing, um, you know, online? How did you literally get started? Yeah, the one thing that helped was when we were in Florida, that's where my children were born. And with my daughter's condition, from day one, literally, like, day one, she had a um, social, or it was like a caseworker that was in the hospital. So Mm -hmm. that individual, and that's one that I will share, too, this is more of an education um, statement I'll mention, but if if you have a child who is in the NICU, when they're born, if they're under a certain weight, um, they are required to have a caseworker work for them to get additional services. So I didn't know that, of course. Like, Mm -hmm. nobody told me that during, you know, prenatal classes and all that type of stuff. They don't really talk about that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But luckily, we were in a hospital that typically had a lot of, a lot of, um, medically fragile kids. So it was, it was a common thing for them. But if you're a mom and you have a kid and you may not be at a high level hospital, sometimes those things get missed. And if they're not caught in the beginning stages, then it will kind of trickle down or, you know, carry on throughout the life of the child and make you have to do a lot on your own. So I said that to say, everything started from day one when she was in the hospital, even though we had no clue what her condition was, she was in the NICU, that was enough to get her a caseworker. From there, I was able to find out what um, resources were available from the caseworker. So that's how I got started. Um, Again, it didn't, it only went so far because she was only, she was in the NICU for two months. And she's almost eight now, so two months isn't really a lot. So what do you do after those two months, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so at that time, we were we were acclimated with the state services because that caseworker did her due diligence. And again, this is when people have to realize you can't do it on your own. It's so many people out there that have these type of jobs to help you navigate to what you need to get to. So... Um, being in Florida opened my eyes to what things were available to us, like nursing, like therapies. Um, and when when I moved up to Maryland after my divorce, Maryland is totally different. Um, and some other states may be like this as well, where you're kind of really doing it on your own. So this is where the support groups came into play. This mm-hmm. is where the, hey, you've lived in Maryland for this amount of time. What have you done for your child who's in a wheelchair? What did you do to get her X, Y, and Z? Be, you know, opening up and, and talking to people. Yeah. Um, so it really started in, in Florida. Um, but then taking that knowledge and taking what I had in Florida and when I came to Maryland, because, of course, different states, nothing transfers over. Like, there is no, all right, you're crossing the border over to Maryland. Here it goes. Everything's coming with you. Yeah, I know. It big does not work like that. <laughs> yeah. So have, I really had to redo everything. But luckily, I had the knowledge from my Florida experience, and I was able to ask the questions. Because nobody told me, hey, Melanie, 
you're in Maryland now. You're going to be able to get this, 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 and that. Yeah. I just use my past experience to know, hey, I had this in Florida. How can you guys mimic this in Maryland? So um, it's not really a simple answer, but, again, that's it, it's really people, you know, you, you have to ask. And sometimes you have to ask other moms or dads or whoever's caring for that child, ask those families. What did you do? Because a lot of times if you go and Google something and you get to a state website, you're not going to get far. You'll get to an email address and you'll be lucky if they respond to your email. Yeah. Well, and it may not even be the right thing for what you need. You know, if you don't know what you're asking, it may be hard to even get to the answer that you really need because you're just asking the question you think, but it may not even be what you, um, you know, what would help you the, the most. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, and so you have, now that you've gotten, you know, seven years under your belt, you have started to help other moms. Can you talk about some of the things that you've done personally, um, you know, to kind of help your community? Absolutely. So I, both personally and professionally, if you will, um, I recently started a nonprofit organization where we help special needs families because of my situation that I dealt with. When you run into, um, for example, moms that may have gone back to work, but they're being told from their insurance at their job, hey, you have this insurance, but your insurance won't cover what you need for your kids. So um, I created a nonprofit to help families bridge that gap and my nonprofit um we pay for home expenses like rent we've paid someone's rent before we give out $40 gas cards because a lot of times families have to travel um at least an hour to get to their appointment because you're typically going to a more specialty facility which is usually in a more um like a city area um and it, most people don't live in the city because it's expensive. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, you know, we have the, we have different resources um, that way from my nonprofit standpoint. Um, and it's, it's a beautiful thing. Everyone who's on my, on the organization is a mom to a special needs child or either works in the medical field in pediatrics for special needs. So everyone is, you know, really tied into the, the medically complex world and understands how beneficial it is to have organizations like the one I created. Um, and then on a personal level, I am a huge, huge talker. So if I'm out and about and somebody asks me a question, I will go on for days. And a lot, nine times out of 10, people learn something new about a resource that's available just because I've shared something. So, mm -hmm. um, I, that, that's, that's, that's what I do, um, you know, to help other moms either share my story, share what I've done. Um, I have a blog, um, and then also going even further with the nonprofit organization for families that need, um, more in-depth assistance. Great. Yeah. That's so, um, so great of you to offer those resources and to be kind of a walking billboard for, you know, helping other people and, you know, walking the walk and talking the talk. Um, you know, I, I'm sure you've helped a lot of people just in those short conversations. Um, so 
I would love to know, so you've got the nonprofit and then you, you know, you've got your children and you do still work full time. What are, what are some of the things that you're doing or using to kind of make it all work, you know, seamlessly or I'm, you know, I'm sure there's crazy days and it, it's not as seamless <laughs> as it may look. Um, but, you know, on the days where it, it is just working, what are some of the things that you do that can kind of attribute that you can attribute to making it, uh, you know, just kind of making it work and being able to enjoy parts of your life, enjoy being able to, you know, still have your career and take care of your family? Yeah, absolutely. I, one, have to remember me in a lot of things. Um, And I mean that because I know how easy it can be to put myself to the back burner. So Mm -hmm. I make sure that I incorporate some type of self-care. I have not been the best at this. However, starting a couple of weeks ago, I have incorporated going to the gym at least four times a week. Now that sounds like a lot, but I have to think strategically. My schedule, how is my schedule? So I, I, I have a gym that's right by my job. I chose that one specifically. So I make sure on my way home, I can stop by there, even if it's for 30 minutes and just do something. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't work out, because of course, every day it doesn't work like that. I don't leave work at the same time every day. Um, I make sure that if I'm in the car, let's say I don't even get a chance to get to the gym. The commute that I have home, as funny as it sounds, I will use that as my self-care time. I may have a conversation with myself, not even sounding crazy, but, uh, you know, um, just, you know, thinking to myself, what have I done? Melanie, you're great at this. Melanie, remember that you did X, Y, and Z three days ago, you didn't get a chance to finish the other thing, but you still were successful in what you were trying to do. I have to, you know, remind myself what I've done and those type of things, the things that help my confidence and my, um, you know, self-boosting really on just my journey as a mom and a career woman, I have to remind myself on what I, what I have done. Um, even if it's just on a 15-minute ride home. Um, I would love to be able to do more, but the reality is I do, you know, I work full-time, but I make sure that I do try to incorporate the self-care, and it does help with having the help at home, um, which was not always there. That just started a few months ago. So Mm -hmm. I have not had this wonderful nurse in the home type of life for no I haven't even had that for for six months (laughs) so this is it's all new so I am I'm actually honestly still trying to um make sure I incorporate the self-care part um which is again new but um I I try to go to the gym and if that doesn't work I just make sure I utilize the little bit of time that I have to myself so I can just hone in and zen and try to woosah a little bit before I jump back into opening the door to my house to my second job, which is being a mom. Yeah. I love the car, um, the car rides. I do the same thing. And my commute is actually a little bit shorter now. Um, so it kind of 
cuts it in half, but um, it's the perfect time because you're stuck. You can't get distracted because you got to pay attention and uh, mm -hmm. there's no one there. So um, yeah, I love that too. Good. Um, so last two questions that I ask every guest. First is, um, and you kind of explain this, but maybe there's something else that you can kind of share is the number one thing that you are doing right now that's just for you. Number one thing I'm doing just for me is making sure my mental is always, always on point. On point meaning I'm not, you know, doubting myself. I don't have any, uh, you know, I wish I was doing this or, oh, you know, woe is me. I, If those type of things come into my head, I know that it's time for me to call doctor therapist and say hey I just need to have a conversation with you mm -hmm. even even if it's you know just the slightest I'm just not feeling it like as soon as those thoughts come in my head and if they're in my head for you know longer than a minute or I won't say a minute but if it's in there where I know hey Melanie girl you need to check yourself I would make sure I make that call so those are my those are those check-ins that I was that I had mentioned um, that I make sure I, I, I do because my mental is, that's so, it's so important. It's so important, especially um, whether you're a single mom like myself or you, you're in a, in a two, you know, two parent, it's a two parent household, whatever the case may be, you have to remember yourself and everything and it, everything starts with your mental. Yeah. So that's super important. Um, and then last question is, what is one thing that you must do or must have to keep all of the balls in the air? To keep all the balls in the air? Ooh, what do you mean by that? <laughs> um, you know, to manage everything that you're doing, whether it's a resource, an app, a planner, a, like you said, quiet time in the car, just one thing that you have to do or have uh, to make sure that things are running as smoothly as possible that's even possible <laughs> <laughs> yeah that ooh, that's pretty I mean I don't want to say the same thing but for me um peace of mind um that's that's what I think of mm -hmm. the handle the handle everything um I I try to do things with a planner sometimes that works sometimes it doesn't work but um Having a peace of mind, knowing that I'm, I've gotten through the day, is is pretty much what helps me. Mm -hmm. Great, yeah. And I, you know, I think that's something that it sounds easy, but I'm sure there are days when it's the most hard, you know, the hardest thing that you've got. But you know, keeping that at the forefront should definitely make it, um, you know, make things a little bit uh, easier once you kind of you know pull it back in and keep that mindset the way it mm -hmm. should be so great well I really appreciate you uh coming on the podcast again and I'm um so happy to hear that you are just helping people not just um you know kind of figuring things out for yourself but able to help others who are in similar situations and so I know this podcast will help as well um to you know provide a greater reach to your um reach to people who may need um, help finding resources or just an encouragement or to know that, uh, you know, if they're in the beginning stages, there is a time when it can be 
um, you know, enjoyed and, and it's not, not as difficult as it may be in the beginning. Absolutely. Hey, Mama. Yep. I hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as I did. For show notes and information about today's guest, head over to mommyfaceted.com. Also, make sure to follow Mommy Faceted on social media. That's Instagram and Facebook at Mommy Faceted. And there you'll find some stuff that doesn't make it to the podcast, whether that's more information about me, what's going on behind the scenes with my family, information about our guests, and other little things about motherhood that may surprise you, may encourage you, and inspire you. Also, if you have a moment, please, please, please take some time to write a review. Whether you're listening in iTunes or Apple Podcasts, you can write a review and let me know which guests you like, which topics you're enjoying. Just share your thoughts. If you're listening on any other player, whether that's Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you can find the podcast, make sure to subscribe so that you get notifications when the next episode comes out. All right. Thank you so much for listening. And I pray you have a great week.